Vanessa. How are you? I am good. How are you? Good, thank you. Long time no see. How long has it been? Um, um so we traveled across country together back in 2010 yes. oh my god that is yeah. like one of my favorite memories i will never forget that trip i think we went through all seasons in like that in in two or three days right yes uh-huh yeah we experienced like floods um i remember there were like floods and then rain rain wind. yeah 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 it was pretty scary but we were so brave and we like did the trip in no time we were like yeah. supposed to show up two days later <laughs> yeah right and yeah. i couldn't believe how like it was just like the movies we we washed up in the gross in the gas station bathroom we just ate whatever on the road <laughs> yeah. yeah we had like no real food for three days yes uh-huh and then remember we made it to your friend's house and i crashed out uh-huh. yeah yeah that was fun yeah and then and then we decided the next day was it the next day we said we were gonna like sleep in once we got to a destination we're gonna like sleep in all day because we barely had sleep for three days and then mm. we woke up like super early the next day even uh -huh. though we had closed off the the, the curtains and stuff and put D and D and put the yeah, towel yeah, underneath yeah. the door so that way there was no light coming in <laughs> yeah i remember when we we went to like applebee's i think for dinner when we mm. arrived there and once we had like an actual meal I remember that I was just feeling so tired. I could not like move anymore. And I thought that I would probably sleep for like two days straight. Yeah. Yeah. And then the and next it day, felt so nice to like stretch out in the bed and just like yeah be, yeah. be flat. <laughs> yeah, because I had that I, the car was like packed to the max. I don't even think we could even like look out the back, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think then, I only packed like two or three pairs of clothes uh, yeah, and I wore yeah. the clothes that I had on for two or three days. <laughs> and then yeah. we took that trip to uh, Virginia Beach the next day, uh -huh. think, not thinking it was like July 4th weekend and we ended up being stuck in traffic, remember? We were like yeah. in the car all day and I was like, oh, why didn't we do this to ourselves again? <laughs> yeah. I was but, like, hey, I'm just following you, Vanessa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I promised you I would take you to the East Coast and the actual ocean. You know, that was the whole purpose of your trip to yeah. finally see the East Coast. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Was, and I can't wait to go back. I think it would be nice to go back with family and check it oh, out. Yeah. 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 You yeah. definitely should take it. Um, you know, there's so many great places to see and... Um, I mean, you probably still get a discount, right? Do you work still in the hotel industry? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, that's where I was at today. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. You should definitely take advantage. So, why don't we start off with the interview? Why don't you tell our listeners and viewers a little bit about yourself and why you are wearing that beautiful jewelry Ooh. and outfit? <laughs> okay, everybody. My name is Rhonda Sloman Day. And I will go ahead and introduce myself in the proper way of the Navajo people. Yat e she e Rhonda Slomande yeninshe Tabahan ninshle Toduk orja bushes chin Ki ani dashiche but ani dashanele She e Salt Lake City e shukawan Ado Weber State University e ostra 
Shema'e Rosa Nakai Sorry. Rosa Nakai Wood, yeah. Roy Sloman E Shijae. Ado Shemasana E Betty Nakai. Shijae Ado Shiche E Frank Nakai. And eh. Ado Nala Hustin E. Fred Sloman Sr. and eh. Ado Nala Astan. Eda Sloman and eh. Kut El Dene Astan Ninchle. Hello, everybody. My name is Rhonda Sloman Day. Um, in the Navajo culture, we introduce ourselves to the people um, with our four clans. And my four clans are I am born to the Edgewater people, born mm -hmm. for the Bitterwater people. My, ma my maternal grandfather is born to the Towering House people, and my paternal grandfather is born to the Folding Arms people. Um, I also mentioned that I am from Salt Lake City, Utah is where my home is. I currently go to school and enrolled full-time student at Weber State University. My mother and father's names are Roy Sloman and Rosie Nakai. And my maternal grandparents are Frank Nakai, the late Frank Nakai, and my grandmother Betty Nakai. And then uh, my paternal grandparents are the late Fred Sloman Sr. and the late Etta Sloman. And that's how I introduced myself as a Navajo woman in the Navajo tribe. Wow, I have never heard you um, do that. So that was like, that gave me goosebumps. <laughs> that I, I love, you know, learning about other cultures and even like teaching other people about different cultures because I think that, you know, the United States um, is just so, it's huge. And there's mm -hmm. just people from all backgrounds. And I am so like honored to have you. Um, I don't know, um, you know, I feel like a lot of people here claim that they are part Native American, but mm -hmm. to know somebody that's truly Native American, you know, makes me really proud. And I'm so excited that you get to share with, you know, others about your culture and, you know, your upbringing and just educate people all around. So, um, I want to start off by by your jewelry. Actually, I just love you know. Like, can you can you give me a little bit, or not just myself, but the listeners and viewers again too? Can you give us a little bit more about like how did that jewelry come about, or why exactly is it like the turquoise? Do you know that? So the little bit I know about the turquoise history is mm -hmm. that the turquoise history is considered a sacred stone uh, given mm -hmm. to us by the creators of the world. Um, the turquoise jewelry is considered to be um, a luck stone, a prosperity stone. Mm -hmm. um, and then also the turquoise jewelry is to be similar as um, gold. This is our gold. This is our this is our rich our richness of life. So okay. that's as much as I know about that. Okay, cool. So tell me, um, so you are Navajo and then your husband, he is from a different tribe, right? Yes, my husband, he is Northern Arapaho. He mm -hmm. is, he comes, he was born and raised on the Wind River Reservation of Wyoming. And that's where he comes from. 
Gotcha. So can you like um, describe like are the, the traditions different between the two tribes? Like are uh, the traditions and I guess, you know, the upbringing maybe even too is it different? Yeah, they're different. And what I I grew up in a uh, traditional from a traditional home. So there's some things that other tribes do that we don't practice and mm -hmm. that we see as uh, superstitious. Mm -hmm. um, but knowing that my husband's culture practices his beliefs and his traditions, but they don't collide with each other. They kind of run almost the same way, a little bit different, but side by side. So therefore that bad omen is not something that, I, that I'm going against my tribe and my traditional beliefs so you guys share a daughter um so how how are you raising her um so right now um in the navajo culture women are considered the matriarch of the mm -hmm. tribe um so they are the well in any tribe as well any i know of other tribes that um women kind of lead the pack a little bit mm -hmm. <laughs> um but you know so i try to um teach my daughter you know who she is and where she comes from make sure mm -hmm. that i relate to her the importance of our clans um i also try to let her know that um, being native american is a little hard especially in the american society um, mm -hmm. but not to get discouraged um, there's some things that I know that we're still learning from my mom. Um, and then my husband's tribe, I also make sure that we try to learn his tribe and his culture and his traditions and beliefs um, because she is part of um, two, yeah. uh, two tribes. And mm -hmm. I believe for a Native American to be strong and um, carry on your tradition, you should know where you come from and practice those traditions. So we we do our best. We we you know we teach as as, as we go because we're both still learn. We've been together for so long that we're both still learning about each other. But we still yeah. respect each other in a way that is you know we respect each other. We know that okay, well in your tribe you're not supposed to do this. In your mm -hmm. tribe we're not supposed to do that. But his tribe seems to be a little bit more more powerful. Um, so you know he has also taught me too that not to be afraid, you know, be, be confident, be, be confident that your, your power, your confidence power takes over the negativity. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's awesome. Um, so yeah, let, let, I'm going to dive into some of my questions that I, you know, mm -hmm. kind of lined up for you and then we can, we can discuss anything further that it just sort of, you know, comes along. So, um, what is actually do what, what is there a specific like um traditional drink in the Navajo or the Native American community? Is there something that like is like you know is is there a coffee drink or tea? Anything that you know you guys typically you know traditionally drink? Yeah, so as far as I know, the um, Navajo tea, which mm -hmm. is a plant that grows wildly on the reservation. Mm -hmm. um, that you can just go out. Some people know what the plant looks like. So they just go out and pick it, um, uh, clean it, you know, just brush off or clean or uh, filter out um, whatever would be on the plants that whatever caught, would have might got caught on it. Mm -hmm. um, and then they just end up just like folding it up into three 
um, and then storing it. And then when it comes time to drink it, um, they drink it, you know, naturally. Um, they boil it in water. Um, and then a lot of people I know who get like, who get sick or have like a little um, throat, you know, a little throat cough or itchiness, they turn to that um, herbal tea and to drink it and, you know, let, the, let, let it self heal themselves. So mm -hmm. that's called Navajo tea. Um, gotcha. And also another drinks that I know um, Native Americans drinks is just straight up coffee, straight up black. <laughs> um, so they drink that as well. And then I know there's a consumption of peyote. Um, that is an herb that is boiled, um, but that's not a drink that is consumed on a daily basis. Uh, that is a drink that would be um, consumed only during um, ceremonial traditional purposes. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So, you know, I remember just, you know, I growing up, my grandparents watched a lot of, you know, movies about the wild, wild west. And um, within, like, you know, how they portrayed um, Native Americans in the movies, they were really big in, um, like, medicine and, and um, basically natural remedies. Is that something you guys still, you know, um, kind of live by? Yes. Um, yeah. Like I mentioned before, that Navajo people are traditional people that believe in ceremony. Uh, we believe that um, we should practice our ceremony, sing our songs, um, and live in harmony, which is called hojo. Um, so that way, the and we continue to feed our, our gods, um, diin, um, you know, corn pollen in the morning, say our little prayers, um, we burn cedar, we burn sage to bless our home, to bless ourselves. Um, and then some of the herbal medicines that we take from Mother Earth, we consume in our body so that way it can cleanse ourselves and it can help um, recenter ourselves um, mm -hmm. so that way we can live the Hajon way. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Tell me about some traditional foods. I mean, I already know one that I just like fell in love with. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> when I was um, living there and when you and your mom like, cooked for us at the hotel, oh my God, that was like the best, the fry bread. Um, mm -hmm. So what are some like traditional meals of foods that you prepare? So I don't prepare those foods, but my mom and her family, um, every, I would say every festive activity that we've had, um, we always butcher a sheep and we use every part of that sheep. So mm -hmm. our delicacy is mutton. And my favorite traditional food would be uh, roast mutton which would be with fry bread, the roast mutton meat, some green chili, you know, some potatoes and corn on the side. Um, also, you can do mutton stew and fry bread. Mutton mm -hmm. stew would be the mutton stew with the potatoes, you know, your vegetables to make up a stew. That's really good. Um, another, another also delicacy is the fry bread that we always talk about and the Navajo, making it into a Navajo taco um, with your beans and um, beef. Uh, cheese, lettuce, tomato on top. That's also really good. 
Um, I know my family, <clears throat> like I said, we use every part of the sheep. Um, mm -hmm. So my parents and my aunts and cousins, they all love um, a part of the sheep that's called a chi, which is the fat layer that's mm -hmm. rolled up and then it is uh, wrapped, uh, like like wrapped up. So the, the fat roll is rolled up like a sushi roll almost. And mm -hmm. then it's wrapped around with the cleaned intestine. Mm -hmm. And then they grill that. And I know my my mom and my aunts, my cousins, they go wild over that. Um, but it's just like, you know, it's just like the fatty grease part that I think is a favorite. Um, yeah, yeah, and then, yeah. Yeah, and then they also do the blood sausage, um, which is the, the belly of mm -hmm. the sheep it's cleaned out of course um and then the blood that has drained from the sheep at the beginning when you butcher it um the blood is then put inside that um belly and then you add in your potatoes and um carrots or some just add potatoes um and then you you twist it up and you tie it and you boil it and I know that's another traditional food that the Navajo people love to eat as well. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So as far as like the meats, um, you would say sheep is like the number one. Mm -hmm. Yes. Gotcha. It's lamp. Lamp is, you know, really big in my community, too. Mm -hmm. like yeah, lamb. Yeah. Uh, we find lamb here at the mm -hmm. at the Arabic stores mm -hmm. um, and they taste similar. And so my mom, you know, she'll go over there and we'll have mutton stew like once a month or something. And, mm -hmm. oh, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I do like um, for our tradition is to roast a lamb on a stick, like, a you know, the whole lamb. Yeah. And they like um, they put like it, it's like salt water on a rag. And they just like keep like putting it on the lamb as it like roasts, so it gets really crispy on the outside. With and of course it's you know salty, um, but it basically just roasts like it like slow roasts all day until it's it's done. And I'm not honestly, I really don't care much for lamb, but that like roasted like that, I love it. I it's mm -hmm. it's just some I don't know I just the flavor is just to die for yeah, yeah yeah that's how it is too like we don't have it every day we don't have mm -hmm. it you know every week so when we do have it it's like oh my gosh you know mm -hmm. so yeah yeah uh, so let's see um so we covered the drinks okay so you've been married most of your adulthood right Yes. Uh huh. Yes. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. Oh yeah. So um, I met my husband first. Funny story. I met my husband in junior high. Mm -hmm. um, we were just friends, just classmates then. And then he moved back to the reservation, went to school there, and then he came back to Salt Lake City uh, sophomore year, mm -hmm. and that was in two thousand and one. And since then, we have been dating. And so this year, we have been together for 20 years now. Wow. So we're high school sweethearts. <laughs> wow. 
Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, and then we recently, not recently, but we've tied the knot back in 2006. Mm -hmm. So this year will be our 15-year anniversary. Wow. You know, and you guys are still so young. That's so crazy, you know. I know. You've grown up together. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, Yeah. and I, you know, I now look at Rhea, our daughter, and think, man, she could have had a boyfriend a couple of years ago. Like, ah, that's so weird. You know, she doesn't have a boyfriend now, which is good. Which yeah, I, yeah, yeah. You know, no rush. <laughs> right, right, um, right. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm like, oh my gosh, we were so young. So, so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I know when you see your children, like once they like start approaching the age that you like got married on, right? Or around, you're like, oh my God, did I look like that? Like I looked like that at, at around that time. I was mm-hmm. so young and like yeah. you said, and dumb. Like what yeah. was I thinking? <laughs> Wanting to get married, you know, like get married so young or like, how do you know? Like you really don't know that early on, but you know, no. I mean, you were, you got really lucky and you yeah. found, you know, your partner for life. So what are some some learnings you want to share, like, you know, since you've been with him? Like, what has worked best for you in your relationship or marriage? I think what has worked best with us is to be open and honest with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, talk to your partner or significant other as you would talk to your friend. Mm-hmm. Um, I always tell everybody or in my post, you know, he's my secret keeper. He is the person that I can run to and laugh with. He's the person that I can run to and joke with. I can go to him crying. I can go to him mad and he will listen to me, you know, and same thing, vice versa. If he has something on his mind, we, we talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing too is also the traditional beliefs, you know, be open um, to each other, be open to each other's um, beliefs, culture, traditions, um, learn and come with an open mind, you know, mm-hmm. knowing that you're going to learn something along the way. And if you can accept those things, you know, you'll, you'll make it, you'll, you'll, you'll survive. <laughs> mm-hmm. It feels, it feels really good when you have just somebody by your side that completely understands you. You don't have to like try hard to, mm-hmm you know, to please them and, and you, like, you, you just get each other, you mm-hmm. know, I, I finally get to experience that, and I just feel like, you know, I can be myself just the way I am, and, you know, I don't have to, um, like, it's not a one-sided, I'm not the only one working at, 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 at it, it, you know, at this, it's mm-hmm. like both are, both really wanted and we're going to do whatever it takes to keep it going. And so, you know, I, you and I have had many conversations, you know, and, and at some point in my life, I thought that maybe it's, it was just not meant to be to, <laughs> to you know, mm-hmm. for me to have something like that. But, you know, I'm, I'm really glad that I have that now. And, you know, I've always admired you guys because you were just like, you know, best friends, always on some kind of road trips, going, you know, to the casinos or, uh-huh. you know, to the <laughs> reservations, or you're just, you guys will just go out, you know, like you guys are always doing something. And that's like, 
you know, you've got that's really important. So you're like still dating each other, you know? Yeah. 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 I love I love how he allows me to be adventurous. Uh-huh. Like there's some days that I'm like, hey, let's let's go check out your mom in Wyoming. He's like, well, I have to work that day. I'm like, I have to work that day too. But as soon as you get off, let's go. I'll I'll be rested and we'll just go. And Wyoming is only like four and a half, five hours drive from here. So it's nothing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, or like we'll go to Wendover the casino at 930 at night, you know, and we're just being adventurous. I I think that when he allows me to be adventurous that way and accepts our adventure, <laughs> um, <laughs> it allows it to be more fun, you know, be more spontaneous, you know. Yeah, just, yeah. Just like us. Hey, Rhonda, you want to drive cross country with me? I like yeah. gave it no thought and was like, well, I'll have to be scheduled off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'll have to find a way back, but. Yeah, let's do it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It all worked out. Hey, so I meant to ask you, was that your first time getting on a plane? Yes, that was my first time. And Uh that was also the first time seeing the ocean. Yeah. Yeah, so that was a lot of my first time. So first time road trip, first time airplane, first time ocean visit. So any ocean? To any ocean at that time, yep. Oh, wow. I didn't know. I thought yeah. you may have already gone like to California. Oh, no, no. So mm-hmm. no. No. Wow. No, I've only, the only states that I've ever been in was Arizona, New Mexico, Colorado, and Nevada. Those are the only four states I've ever been in. Um, so with you, I've been to Las Vegas. That was my, yeah. you know, my first trip. Um, with you, I've traveled <laughs> states, eight or nine. Yeah. Eight or nine so. states. Um, yeah. With you, I visited the East Coast. Um, so yeah, a lot of yeah, a lot of adventures <laughs> yeah, that we yeah. had together. <laughs> and then we've met up in Atlanta too when you yes. uh, were there for training. Uh-huh, so, that was yeah, fun. We, yeah, yeah. So um, I'm trying to think. You know, even the Vegas thing. That was my first time going to Vegas too um, uh-huh. with you. And I just, I just love it. You know. I did not have a lot of money going on that trip, but we made like the best out of it. And I had a blast. Like I did yes. not want to go back to, to Salt Lake city. Uh-huh. Um, and I remember, remember, I think it was like raining on the day that we were leaving and that made it a little bit like easier to leave, I guess. But I was, I was, I just loved it, you know? Yeah, and not only was it raining, but remember we ran into an accident along the way. All the way and there. And so we yeah. were like, we were like, like at a dead stop for like what two, three hours? Or more? I thought. Yeah. Uh huh. I think yeah. it was like I think it was like three, maybe two or four hours, two to four hours. I think it was. Yeah. Because we finally got to Vegas at like what five o'clock, six o'clock in, in the, the morning. morning. And then you took me. Yeah, you took me to the sign so that we could like see some of it before the before it got like light outside uh-huh. um, yeah, yeah. We left, right we left um once we were both like done with work we left mm-hmm. and um i think i remember that we had gotten to the mountain where you can see like vegas down in the valley and mm-hmm. that is where the accident was so we were like so close we could see it but yeah. we could not move an inch because of that accident yeah uh-huh yeah and yeah. so we're like 
what did we do? Because we couldn't sleep in the car because everybody was walking around and yeah, yeah, yeah. and lights on and just uh -huh. trying to figure out what we're gonna do. And then by the time we get to Vegas, we like sleep for a couple hours and like boom, let's go. Come on, let's do something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we barely slept. But then we like fell asleep at night. Remember, we were like uh -huh. we were supposed to only sleep a little bit. Oh yeah, we, we went to up. the mall. Yeah, to, like get a pedicure or something. Yeah, and we got yeah. like see if we can find an outfit for the evening. Uh -huh. And we're like, yeah, let's take let's take a little nap. Yeah, a nap <laughs> sounds real nice right now. So then we like close the blinds again, put a <laughs> towel underneath the door. And we set our alarm for like what an hour, hour and a half. Yeah. Nope, we turned, we we snoozed that little thing, and we was out yeah. till like nine o'clock. Yes, <laughs> I remember it was like nine p.m. I was like, shoot, Rhonda, we're about to like oversleep. <laughs> Sleep tonight. Like, we're away. sleeping in Vegas, and I was like, hey, it's Vegas. It's twenty four hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was like, yeah, and we pretty much stayed up all night. And remember, we walked back to the hotel. And yeah, I, that's another. Like, yeah, that's that's another time where we stayed up all night. Yeah, we we went from one club that shut down. We went to the after club that yeah. finally shut down. We went to the casino to drink some more, and yeah. we're like, "Well, we have to check out soon. Maybe we should head back." Yeah. And we walk out of the hotel, and the sun was coming up, yeah, and yeah. We, we had no money to go to, to... Yeah, and the sprinklers <laughs> were coming on. The sprinklers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we were walking barefoot back to the hotel, because we decided yeah. to wear heels to the club. <laughs> I had a blister on every single toe. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, my feet looked horrible. <laughs> I, I remember it was like 6.30 or 7 o'clock in the morning when we got to the hotel. And, yes. and like, they were serving breakfast. I don't even think we ate. We just went straight no. upstairs. Uh -huh. Yeah. But no. it was just so much fun, man. Like, I, yeah. you know, I cannot wait to go back, you know, with Jamel because he's actually never been. So oh, yeah? I, I definitely want to take him, yeah, and just have, like, a blast yeah, yeah, it's super fun. So yeah, so Vegas, and then um, just recently, mm -hmm. a couple of years ago, I, I got we got to go uh, to the West Coast Ocean mm -hmm. in California, um, and then also a few years ago, I got to skydive. Um, so that was really fun. Um, so yeah, so I, I believe I lived a good life. That if anything should ever happen, I've my bucket is full. <laughs> there's, wow. of course, still more adventures, but... Yeah, there's a lot more uh, <laughs> adventures ahead of you. You need to go to Europe. Yeah. You need to, like, travel outside of the United States. As adventurous yeah. as you are, yeah, mm -hmm. you definitely do. So tell me, how did you how did you get to the skydiving? Like, what made you... Want that to has always been, that has always been, like, uh, uh, not a dream, but like an activity, I guess you could say, that I've always wanted to do. Mm -hmm. um, and so one time my dad was like, hey, what should we do for your birthday? And I was like, oh, I was thinking of going to Vegas. He's like, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, skydive. But it costs like 400 bucks, 500 bucks, the package that I want to get. Yeah. And he was like, okay, let's do it then. And I was like, really? Serious? He's like, yeah. And I was like, um, okay, but I think I need to pay now. And he was like, here. So he gave me the money. I think it was like 250 and mm -hmm. just the it was 250 
for the tandem flying, but I had to like put $75 down or something. Mm -hmm. So I made the reservation, I paid the deposit. And then when I got there, I found out that I couldn't use my own GoPro camera that I borrowed from a friend. I had to buy their video and picture package. Um, so that was like another, I think another $200. Mm -hmm. And because it was my birthday, because I'm the oldest, because I'm a baby of the family. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, um, because my mom favors me a little bit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but my mom, she gave me $200 for the video, the video and photo package. And so um, I did it. I, I jumped out of the plane, couldn't breathe for the first 30, 40 seconds. <laughs> and then, yeah, I was, I, I wasn't scared on the flight up just because I've already been on the plane. Mm -hmm. Um, and I wasn't scared when we were ready to like, you know, hop out of the plane. The only part that I was scared of was when you free fall for those 30, 40 seconds, 50 mm -hmm. seconds that the wind just blows in your face and you don't know whether to like consume all that wind to hold it off whatever so like I told myself don't freak out but don't breathe for a minute and that's where I started freaking out because I was like oh my gosh this is longer than a few seconds what am I gonna do <laughs> and so there was times where like I would like push my face you know away from the direct wind and like <sighs> and then I like go forward again um so I would say one thing if you're gonna skydive um wear a goggle uh, not a goggle a face shield so that way yeah. you have some type of <laughs> the wind's not just blowing in your face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They have but them yeah. available, those shields. Um, I don't remember if they have them there. Everything was just going so fast because you have to watch a training video, you have to get dressed up, suited up, you have to make sure that all your buckles are um, attached and tightened and all of that good stuff. And then you have to watch the video and then you have to go through a little bit more training and then you have to sign all these documents and then you're like, you, it's just one step after the next, you don't have time to look around, you're just like, okay, let's do this <laughs> before, I take, before I change my mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm not brave enough. I, I don't know. I mean, it would be something, I mean, I, I think I would do it, but I, it would take a lot of me. Like, I guess it's not on my bucket list, so I'm not even thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. I just always wanted to, you know, know the feeling I've, I've had dreams of flying Mm -hmm. And it was always so nice, like, oh, wow, this is what it looks like to fly, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was like, I want to do it. I want to see the bird's eye view, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah, so yeah. my tandem, my tandem uh, partner, he was super awesome. He was like, he was like, um, do you want to twirl around? And I was like, yeah. So like, we like went in like a spiral a little bit. Um, but before we got low enough, we were able to like, kind of like, um, like, fly like kind of underneath a little bit to like to uh -huh. do like a little side turn that uh -huh. was fun like oh my gosh I'll have to send you the my video clip it was yeah, awesome please do. Yeah. yeah please do I'd love to see it I'm you know um I I admire people that overcome fears and you know I try to do that myself too but the fact that you know you did that that's like I mean you know like willingly yeah. jumping out of a plane is yeah <laughs> Very yeah, so that's brave. why I say 
So that's why I truly believe if something were to happen at my age, I think I would be I would be good with life. I would I would be okay. You know, I I've done a lot of things that um, it would be good. I would be okay. You know, I would be all right. <laughs> I would be all right leaving. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, like you said, there is more adventure out there. There is yes. more to see, more to do. I know. Yeah. I always tell I always tell my friends. I'm like. I was telling uh, my husband and my daughter, like, dude, as soon as Vanessa goes back to Germany again, we got to go with them. So that way she can show us all the ins and outs, show us mm -hmm. the, the cheap local life, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. all about cheap. Oh, not in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> you have to come to Bosnia with me. That's where, you, that's where you'll get, your, get a bang for your buck as far as mm -hmm. vacationing, for real. Uh -huh. Yeah, and I said it, it would always be nice to know somebody. Um, so that way it's not like, oh, should we do that? Should we not do that? You know, is is that safe to eat? Is that not safe to eat? What are they feeding us? Uh, what are they, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Is it, <laughs> yeah. like, is the water safe? Like, you know, what, where do I go? Is it good to go down the alley or not that alley, you know? Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So I always tell my friends that, you know, I know a really good person who is very talented. Um, you know, she speaks Arabic, she speaks German, she speaks Bosnian, she speaks English. I said, I think her next language will probably be Spanish if she could. <laughs> I speak hotel Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> See, check you out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, over the years, uh, you know, you just like learn. I worked with a lot of Hispanic, you know, um, people. So that has helped, um, you know, I, I definitely understand a lot. They used to tell me, you know, I, one time I I can understand. Like, do you know, like, you've been in the industry for a long time, too. I, like, do you get the feeling like you know exactly what they're saying, but you just can't respond? Yeah. You feel because that way? Like, yeah, because they'll say something and you're like, mm, I know you're saying take the trash outside, but... I don't want to say that because maybe that's not what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, oftentimes, like, when I would talk to them, I would be like, oh, you want me to do this and this and this? And they're like, yes, yes. So then when I actually, when I moved to California for that short time, and I would, like, listen into them and try to, like, figure out what they were saying, right? And then I, I heard uh, one associate say, don't talk. She understands us. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> and you couldn't help but laugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, I understood that. <laughs> it was You're so like, funny. Oh, dang. But I don't even know how to carry a conversation, you know? I just know basic things. I can't even speak a whole sentence, you know? I just, yeah. I think I can, I just, I can just put two and two together. <laughs> and uh -huh. if I, catch you know if i understand a couple words within the sentence i can kind of figure out what you're saying you know that's how i have been getting by but yeah it's it's been fun you know learning all yeah. these things mm -hmm. nice. yeah all right so let's see uh you know i also know that you uh you recently graduated from college and you're go you've gone back to get your bachelor's degree right yes uh-huh so what, what are you getting your degree in? So I recently graduated from Salt Lake Community College mm -hmm. a year ago. I've earned my associate's degree in business. Mm -hmm. um, just recently this, this year in August, I was able to walk um, in my commencement. 
and I got to walk with my best friend who I graduated high school with. Um, so yeah, so that was an awesome feeling on its own. You know, you feel like a young kid again, you know, everybody's cheering you on. You know, I had my support group in the crowd. Um, and so that was awesome. And then, um, my husband and a lot of my, uh, work, my coworkers, my associates that I work with, um, they've all encouraged me to go back to school and get my bachelor's degree. Um, so now I've just started my first semester on my bachelor's degree. I plan to earn my bachelor's degree in accounting. Nice. So that's what I'm working on. Great job. You know, I know, um, you know, you, you're just another uh, confirmation that you, it's never too late to, you know, to get get you um get a degree or finish what you started a long time ago you know um and and um you know you're not you don't you did not give up on yourself or your dream what is your i guess end goal what would you like to be um what, so what i would just like to be successful i would just mm -hmm. like to be I want to beat the statistics of minorities, especially Native Americans who are uneducated. You know, mm -hmm. um, my parents, they stopped their education at high school. My grandparents, um, their story is pretty much, they probably stopped their education anywhere between just after elementary or maybe just after junior high. So education wasn't always like, you got to go to college, you got to do this, you got to do that. It mm -hmm. was always go to school, get your schoolwork done. You, I don't want the school calling me, telling me that you're in trouble. I don't want the school calling me, telling me that you miss school. School is a part of life. Go yeah. to school. I don't want to hear it. Um, and then after that, you do what you want, you know. Yeah. And so I know as soon as my parents turned 18, they moved from the reservation um, here to Salt Lake City, and mm -hmm. they um, got jobs, and they ran into to each other a few years later, um, and been together then. Um, but education wasn't to me in my family wasn't like after high school you go to college, after college you get married, after you get married you have a family. You know, mm -hmm. it wasn't like that. It was pretty much go to school till you're 18, graduate, and then work you know mm -hmm. um so it took me 10 years to go back to school um and then after 10 years of you know life passing by raising my daughter um working um i finally got to go to school and my husband like i said my husband's in my ear go to school go to school go to school don't work hard for the money let the money work hard for mm -hmm. you and the only way that's going to happen is if you have an education Education seems key in today's society and economy. Um, yeah. Education seems really important. Mm -hmm. And it took me five years to earn my associate's degree just because I was going to school part time. Um, there were some classes that were during the day that I had to go to school with young kids, you mm -hmm. know, some young kids who were barely figuring out life and 
Then there was some evening classes that I took that I didn't come home until almost nine o'clock at night and I had to eat my dinner in the car and my dinner was sandwiches and chips, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it took me a few years to get there. And now that I know the education path and the do's and don'ts of classes and studying and stuff, mm-hmm. I feel more confident going back to work on my bachelor's degree. Um and so that so that's a little bit different, but the like I mentioned, Weber State University that I'm going to, um, the teachers are supportive, the mm-hmm. counseling is supportive, everybody's so supportive there um, that you feel you don't feel lost, you know. Um, I know when I went when I first started out, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so old. Why am I doing this? Why am I going to college and all these kids are young and they're trying to figure out life? And I'm just I'm getting through life, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And there was many times that I felt discouraged. There was many times that I would sit in the back um and not participate because I was afraid um of being the old person in the back that didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but throughout the years I made my way to the front. I told myself that I'm paying for these classes. I need to make the best out of it. Um, So I'm the one raising my hands, asking all the questions that I could so that way I can do well on the test. Um, And so now I feel a little bit more confident going back to school at my age, even though I'm not that old. Um, But I don't feel discouraged anymore. I know everybody's trying to get somewhere and do something with life and that's how I feel um, getting a bachelor's degree will get me in the door into the higher society, I guess you can say. Um, yeah. And you're setting a great example for generations to come, like, you know, your daughter and um, your family. You know, I'd, I hope that, you know, you going back to school will encourage other people to to know that it's OK to yeah. start over or you know like you're never too old to do nothing yeah I mean you're still so young I mean you hear of people starting a new business at at the age of 50 or older you know um you you won't know how successful you're you're gonna end up being until you try so you know head off to you for doing it um you know That's all I really got to say, because, you know, you're you're doing it to better your life and your family's life. And so um, I'm excited to see how far you make it. Maybe you'll go for for a doctorate. (laughs) That would be cool. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Well, going to school now, like um, there's a class that I'm taking that is uh, that we have lectures of guest speakers who come in and they talk about their career path, their education path, how they got there, you know, what they're doing, how they um, how they've approached that position, you know, and I think this class is for the the younger generation. So that way they can try to figure out what they want to do, you know, with their degree or um, what kind of career path they want to take. And I've always told my husband that I'm okay with just working, just going to work, punch in, do my job, punch out, and go home. I don't want to take that work home with me. I don't want to think about it all night. I don't want to not sleep about it. You know, I just want to just do my job. And he's like, 
I know that, but you know, get your education, get a job that is something that benefits you, and that piece of paper, that certificate, that degree will give you the value that you want, mm-hmm. you know? And so I'm like, hmm, okay. So yeah, so so I know there's, uh, there's currently a position that might open up at my work in the next future, in the next years to come, that requires a master's degree. Um, but I think I'll set up for bachelor's. <laughs> you we'll know see. what? Take baby steps. One one degree at a time. <laughs> yeah. 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 I took a whole year off of school and I was like, okay, if I'm going to get my bachelor's degree, because that's really where, um, you know, the big money starts, mm-hmm. I need to go back and I need to go back. And I was about to take, you know, another year off and I was like, no, just go. Just go. Yeah, I always, yeah. I always talk with my my boss at work, and he's you know very open, very honest, very encouraging, uh-huh. understanding. He you know supports my school schedule. Um, my place of employment right now is is amazing. It's you know it's family oriented. It's work life balance, and I really enjoy it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but he always tells me you know whether you go to school now or whether you go to school in a few months, you're still passing time. And I always tell them, okay, say I'm here for like 10 years and I know the ins and outs of so-and-so's job. And all of a sudden her job becomes available. And I know that job. I've been doing her job pretty much so that way I can learn. Um, but you guys open that job up to the community, to the, you know, to the community. And the person who you interview with has a bachelor's degree. I know the job and I've been here for 10 years and I have an associate's degree, but I can step into this job today, mm-hmm. who would you consider for that position? The person with the bachelor's degree, he said. Really? Yes. And I was like, really? I was like, but what if I was your favorite? What if I brought you oatmeal and banana every day, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yeah, Rhonda, he was like, he was like, I would hire you but my boss and the boss's boss would go for the person with the bachelor's degree. You know who I would go for? You. Just kidding. You. <laughs> you. you. I would I I I do think education is very important and in certain fields you've got to have that background. You mm-hmm. know, when we talk like, you know, like account accounting like you mentioned. You know, you can't just know how to do simple math and do accounting. Like you do need a degree for that. You need to understand how to code and everything else like that. But in in the field that you and I have been in for a long time, mm-hmm. I think experience matters a lot too. And mm-hmm. so if I was, if I had the choice, um, I would say if I had, um, if I had somebody already on my team that I've molded and 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 taught, I would go with that person. I wouldn't even entertain anybody from the outside because what kind of example am I setting for the rest of my team members too? That's always how I look at it, you know? Like I feel like I would I would like um disappoint my staff if I bring a stranger in unless nobody's qualified. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's nobody that's ready to move forward, um, 
or that just doesn't have, like they're just missing, you know, a certain level of experience, then I would consider. Or if the, the place of business is in like desperate need, like we need somebody strong that already knows what they're doing and that is like at a higher level, yeah, then I would explore bringing somebody in from external. But if, if we're doing great already, no, then internal, you know, development and promotion is like, um, but everybody's different. And I understand that, you know, people at a higher level would probably look at somebody with a degree, um, you know, uh, they would look probably more, if they're looking at resumes, they probably would be more attracted to someone with a larger degree, you know? Mm -hmm. So I guess yeah. it all just all depends on the situation. But I know you're gonna do it, girl. You're mm -hmm. gonna make it. I'm gonna see you all in the paper. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I already know you have greatness all around you, Rhonda. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so um, let's talk about school. Um, I really wanna kind of dive more into your culture a little bit. Okay. Um, what do you um do you th do you think what like let me read the question right because i'm like <laughs> twisting my words right now do you think what is being taught in school regarding the native american culture and history is being sugar-coated or lied about yes i truly believe that in school the native american history well history on its own um is only showing the success of the the colonizers of mm -hmm. the Ameri of the American people um, who made America um, today, I believe they're just showing the success of their story. They're not showing the the blood and the tears and the violence of how they uh, conquered America today. Um, like, let's go back to the what is it let's go back to scalping you know they say oh native americans scalped no it was the uh spaniards who did scalping um to show their um their defeat of you know the people who they were fighting um but it was also the american people who started scalping native americans and for every scalp native they brought back, they got an incentive. Um, so scalping did not start with Native Americans. It started with, you know, the outside, mm -hmm. the, the outside society. Um, it's also being sugarcoated in a lot of ways of, uh, you know, mass massacres. You know, in history, we learn about the Holocaust. Um, but we don't learn about the massacres that has happened here um, on America's land. Mm -hmm. You know, one, for example, is the Sand Creek Massacre. Um, that was a mass massacre of the Cheyenne and Arapaho people. Mm -hmm. um, and in that massacre, they killed a majority of women, elderly and children. You know, um, another massacre was the massacre of the Navajos during the Long Walk. Mm -hmm. um, Navajos who lived on the on their land um, were relocated to another part 
um, of the of the country of the state. Uh, it was called Bosque Bosque Redondo, mm -hmm. and Navajos. I don't know, thousands of Navajos had to relocate from their land of enchantment to this camp um, to be held there and be imprisoned. Um, during that walk, they lost, again, women, children, and the elderly. Um, and they tried to kill off Native Americans in that way as well. Um, another mass massacre was the, the blanket and smallpox. You know, the British try to get rid of Native Americans so that way they um, uh, could defeat them in that way by giving them smallpox, trying to kill them in that way. You know, you don't hear about those stories in history, but you sure hear about the mask massacres in other countries. Right, they, right. You know, and it's like, no, let's tell the history of, you, of the state mm -hmm. of the United States history first, you know. Yeah. And all of this is over greed of land. They wanted the land. They wanted that oh, property, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think I think the way history is being shown now is super sugar-coated and wrong. Tell me, tell me so are, is, like, your, um, your community, is it making sure, like, that you guys know the right history like is there like um teachings that are being done or are you or you know or storytelling like how are you being informed of you know how your ancestors were treated or what really was going on or like events like important events that have happened or tragedies like how do you find out about those things so growing up um, I know there's a lot of tribes who do storytelling and that's how they learn of how their people came about. Mm -hmm. And that's how they learn, uh, you know, of, of their family history. Um, I know in my, in my growing up, um, stories weren't told. Um, I had to learn about these things by either reading about them on my own Mm -hmm. um, attending a Navajo culture cat class for credit for college or for a scholarship. <clears throat> I had to attend those classes and that's where I learned of these things as well. Um, I know in my family and other, you know, Navajo families can be different, but I know in the Navajo way that when something bad happens, you kind of, you kind of let it go. You, you kind of grieve for a little bit. Um, but you don't hold on to that hate. You don't hold on to that that hurt, that sadness. Mm -hmm. You know, you learn from it and then you move on. Or else you're just going to be stuck in one spot and you're going to be circling and circling and circling, not going anywhere, you mm -hmm. know. Um, so these, these things I had to learn. I've recently, I mean, I knew about, I started learning as I grew older. And I believe I learned a whole lot more in my history class um, during my college, you know, my my recent college years at the community college. And that's where it was like, wow, really? Like, they've really done that? Um, and so now when there are Native American, other Native Americans who speak about their tribes, I try to make sure and go and learn their story and mm -hmm. their tribal stories. <clears throat> so that way I, one, teach myself, and then two, I better understand, 
you know, of the hardships that our people went through. Yeah. Um, I know there's a lot of people who say, you know, wow, you know, I'm really sorry what I've done to your, what our people done to your people. And, you know, I do, I, I, I don't, there's sometimes that I don't know how to react, but I've learned to react in a way that is like, you know, thank you for recognizing the history. Um, mm -hmm. But we are still here. We are still resilient. We are still strong. Um, each Native American tribe is growing, is prospering, is teaching their, you know, the next generation of who we are, where we come from. And as that, you know, we're still resilient. We're still here. Mm -hmm. We're still growing. <laughs> That's awesome. That, and that's how it should be. You know, I, I feel so bad, you know, that I feel like, you know, it's like you guys were stripped from your land. And even, you know, until within the last year, I've learned about the $5 Indian. I mm -hmm. had no idea that that, you know, like I, I had no idea what that meant. I had mm -hmm. to, you know, be educated on it. And I ended up like reading up on it also. Mm -hmm. And um, it just made me like, you know, it's like, it's so unfair. So people were posing as Indians so that they could claim land. Mm -hmm. And they were, you know, and they were basically paying $5 for certificates. Mm -hmm. that would basically um, like say that they are Native Americans so that they can then go and claim the land. Like that is like such a fraud, you know? And I feel like, I don't know, somebody needs to like demand that that is traced back to see, okay, who owns that land today? And, and take it back, you know, mm -hmm. and it's, it's not fair to your community because, you know, um, I mean, I, I don't know much about your community, right? But I, I just feel like they don't have that, like you mentioned earlier, they don't have the education that they should or they weren't taught, right? That education was important. It was all about working. And then, um, and then, you know, I know some like casinos are on Indian reservations, right? But I just feel like you 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 should be richer. That's mm -hmm. really like there should be more compensation and 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 money involved, reparations. You know, I know that you shared with me, you know, years ago that I think your your husband still receives some. I don't know how far down in generation that goes, but um, it's not enough. Like you don't receive anything, right? No, not the Navajo culture, not the Navajo tribe. They don't receive um, royalties is what they're called uh -huh. um, for compensation for land uh, taken from them. They don't receive it directly from the government. Um, I know there are some people who receive compensation for their land if they have those uh, oils and minerals on their own land. Oh, yeah, they get paid individually. But as a as a whole tribe, no, no, we don't like why not like those are the kind of questions I have why not you know I feel like 
because you were stripped from from the land and and look at how everything works in this like in today's world how taxes are being assessed and all these things based on assets and land you know land is so valuable you know mm-hmm. um like it needs to be like you need to be compensated for that you know i mean how far back how many generations back do we go like maybe seven or eight right yeah so like the time frame yeah i'm trying to think like you know realistically maybe maybe 10 if you yeah. look at like average. well i think recently um when was it in 19 somewhere in the early 1900s um native native americans were recently recognized as citizens of the united states mm-hmm. even though our land and country was taken from us and they conquered us we were immigrants of our own country oh wow i didn't know that yeah. Yeah, so recently, I can't remember what the year was, but yeah, we were recently in the early 1900s, 19, 1920s, 1940s. We were, yeah, we were barely considered citizens of the United States. That's ridiculous. Like, where would then, you have immigrated from? You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah, and then just recently, too, like, um, and like a few years later, we were finally able to vote, vote in the United States. So, yeah, it is a little contradicting how uh, there's a saying out there, uh, kill the Indian, save the man. It's a little contradicting how the $5 Indian uh, topic you talked about, how it was bad to be Indian, but yet you want to be Indian to purchase land to mm-hmm. buy so that way you can have land like how 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 dumb does that sound yeah you know? yeah yeah like yeah, yeah so okay fine then let's yeah mm-hmm. yep yep that's what i put but it all boils back to it, it boils back to money and power you mm-hmm. know and um and land the the worth of land and mm-hmm. that's why you know i just think that you know, when I mean, I, I feel like, you know, when I think of reservations and you should stop me if I'm wrong, you know, let me know if I'm wrong. But I just think that the Native Americans live a lot less civilized, civilized, maybe, uh, especially on reservations than, you know, I feel like they should be, you know, like, you know, have riches and, and, and palaces or whatever the case may be, you know, because of what they have gone through and and everything and not be like the poorest of yeah the civil the 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 residents of the country you know and yeah that's what i also that's what i also find hard too is i know on the navajo reservation my grandma just turned 91 this year mm-hmm. never have they had running water where she was uh where she was raised and mm-hmm. where she lives now there's still no running water 91 years i don't know how many i don't i can't account for how many years before that but if we still have no running water how many years has we gone by with no running water 
which power, is yeah, power was barely introduced to some parts of the reservation, really, uh, just barely. Um, but still, there's no power in a lot of homes as well. So when the pandemic hit, they're trying to tell people to, you know, um, shop for a week, shop for a month, you know, try not to go um, to town to get your um, necessities, you know, wait out a month, wait, mm -hmm. wait out a week, wait out a month. But how could you, how could you buy milk and produce and keep it fresh if you don't have power? Right. You know? And so that's where I believe that, um, you know, Native Americans are still resilient. Mm -hmm. You know, I always say that um, reservations, people who live on the reservation, we're like a third world country in our country. Mm -hmm. You know, poverty is still high. Um, suicide is still high. Um, you know, the economy, the society there the the income is very low you know and if you have a job and you live on the reservation it can take you anywhere between 45 minutes to two hours to get to that job to and from each day you know mm -hmm. that's just not total trip that's each day you know so yeah it's a little it's a little it's a little heartbreaking knowing that um, our land was taken from us and we are to relocate to these reservations and somewhere we're still supposed to, we're still supposed to survive. We are still surviving, surviving. We are still, you know, flourishing. We're still resilient. We're still here. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's very sad. I, I saw some of that on the news too where they were interviewing people on the reservation and they were, you know, um, having a hard time during the pandemic, you know, with even getting resources and, you know, um, not receiving financial assistance and everything else. So it's, it's just, you know, it's very, very saddening, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, so you, we are we kind of already touched on how you keep your um, culture alive, but what are some of your favorite traditions you like to celebrate? Um, so some of the favorite traditions I like to celebrate, um, one would be the womanhood ceremony. Mm -hmm. The woman womanhood ceremony is a ceremony that um, recognizes um, menstruation that happens. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's kind of like an announcement <laughs> a little bit, you know, um, I remember when I was, when I first started and I was at Walmart and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is really happening, you know, one, like this is happening and two, like I finally get to have my ceremony now, you know, and and at that time, you think, okay, this is a womanhood ceremony. I should, I should be taken seriously now. You know, I'm a woman now. Yeah, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I can, I can tell you what to do. You know, um, but I remember. So I was at Walmart, and then I walked out, and um, my mom was shopping. So you know, still looking around, and um, I told her, I was like, "Hey, mom," and I was like, I was afraid to tell her, you know. Because I was like, maybe this should be a little private conversation, not at Walmart, you know. Then I was like, oh, no, I should be fine, you know. And I was like, Mom, um, we need to buy some stuff. And she's like, what stuff? And I was like, some, like, woman stuff. She's like, why? And I was like, 
mm, because I started today. And she's like, do you need some right now? Should we go there now? And I was like, oh, no. I said they had like some in the bathroom. So I bought it for like 25 cents. It kind of feels weird, but, you know. Mm. And she's like, oh, my gosh. My woman started her period. Oh, oh my gosh. I got a plan. And she was like the loudest person in Walmart. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, mom. Like. Okay, I'm gonna be waiting in the car, you know. Yeah, and I yeah. remember, like, she was like, "No, just stay in here. We're almost done." So I was like, "Okay." So like, I was pushing. She's like, "Here, push the cart." So I'm pushing the cart. She's calling all of my aunts. She called my grandma. <laughs> you know, and she's calling everybody. And she's walking down each aisle. Yeah, Rhonda just started her period, so we got to get the ceremony started. Hey, guess what? Rhonda started her period, and we got to get the <laughs> ceremony started. And everybody's just yeah, looking at my mom. Doing that too. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, oh, and I'm just pushing the cart right along her like. <laughs> oh my gosh are you serious you know um and so yeah so i say that would be like the best uh ceremony tradition that i like to practice um uh -huh. because during that ceremony you you know you realize your your strengths your weaknesses and there you know everybody's praying for you so you want to um you want to be the you know you want to take those prayers in and you want to uh you know pray that you'll be the best woman that you can be you know mm -hmm. um you know and that and that ceremony i like to celebrate too because it's all about you you know it's all about about your outcome and all the people who believe in you you know um okay. so that's that's a that's the best uh part of this uh being this best celebrate one celebration that i like to participate in yeah um, yeah Another cultural celebration celebration that I like to participate in is the powwow. Mm -hmm. um, the powwow um, is a dance of uh, is a dance that people dance <clears throat> in their in their regalia, and I believe the powwow started with the tribes on the you know more on the east coast, uh, Great Plains Indian started um, mm -hmm. with. Um, so to attend uh, that little celebration or gathering, what you call it, um, also there you, you know, you receive your, your, your spiritual prayers, you get to associate with other natives, you get to, you get to, you get to be your own native self among other natives and mm -hmm. not feel funny or embarrassed or outcasted about it you know there's a lot of slangs that natives talk about and um we joke about and you know it's good to be with your native people to be native you know yeah. <laughs> if that <Yeah>. makes sense <laughs> yeah definitely definitely tell me um i guess you know you you grew up in utah and to my surprise, when I moved to Utah, I realized there was it was such a diverse state. You know, I, I didn't I didn't quite expect that, to be honest, you know, and I I, um, I had never met, you know, a Native American until then. I had never met somebody um, that was Polynesian or Hawaiian. And, you know, I. I just loved the diversity even of my, you know, of the team that I was working with. And so tell me, like, I guess, you know, growing up there, do you feel that your, um, your culture was accepted? 
Yeah, so while growing up, I grew up on the west side of Salt Lake City, the Glendale area. People would call that the ghetto area. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But in that community, we minorities were the majority of that area, you know. Um, Like you said, I grew up with Polynesians. I grew up with Hawaiians. I grew up with um, African-Americans, with Asians. Um, I grew up with Hispanics, Guatemalans, Salvadorians, mm-hmm. um, and then the little Americans that we had, you know, they also had, they also had some of their own, I guess, cultural background, uh, Swedish and French, you know, and so, um, when I grew up, it wasn't, it was like our own little small world, but, I didn't grow up with racism or hate, you know, yeah. I, I grew up that being brown, being of culture, being um, of, of Native American descent, uh, descent um, was awesome, was cool, you know, mm-hmm. everybody always says, oh, you're Native American? Yeah, I'm Native American. Oh, what tribe? I'm like, Navajo, full-blooded. That's me, you know. Can I touch your hair? Do you wear this? Do you do that? And I'm like, no, you can't touch my hair. Yes, we wear jewelry. No, we don't do that, you know. Um, So, yeah, so I didn't didn't grow up with a lot of racism or hate um, just because my community was brown, brown all around, you know. Um, So, yeah. 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 I, um... I was just curious because, you know, um, I mean, I, like I said, I felt that the the community in general, like everybody was very welcoming and accepting, you know, I actually always tell people like that one of the hard work, hardest working teams and self-efficient teams I've ever worked with was in, in Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, very, de- everybody was very dependable. Um, I feel like, you know, every time there was a call off, it just got covered. Like I would come in and I would see the same person that mm-hmm. there when I left and I'm like, wait a minute, why are you still here? Oh, such and such called off. So I just stayed and covered that shift. And that person is going to come in and cover that my shift for me on this day. It was like everything was just handled. I was not used to that. I I was used to getting calls all the time and going in and covering you know, um, but I felt like it was very well organized and, you know, everybody that I worked with was really hardworking. Yeah. Okay. Everybody. I don't know where we left off. <laughs> okay. Oh, let's traditions. see. Traditions. Tradition. Like so you did powwow. Uh-huh. So, yeah. So the powwow, um, I like to attend those. Like I said, it's, um, it's, it's where you get to be Native American and be, like amongst your people. Mm-hmm. You know, and plus the the dancing of each person, you know, they all have their own little story in their dances, um, in their dance categories. You mm-hmm. know, that's a whole different subject. I don't really know a whole lot about. Um, but yeah, those are some of my favorite traditions that I like to celebrate. Awesome. Okay, so let's see. Well, I can skip a lot of these, actually. 
Okay, so if someone wanted to learn more about your cultural traditions, what do you recommend they watch or what areas of the country should they visit? Um, I would say if they want to uh, learn about my Navajo tribe, mm -hmm. um, you know, go down to the Four Corners area. And I know the Four Corners of Utah, New Mexico, Colorado, and Arizona. Um, <clears throat> you know, that's a little national park on its own. Um, another, also another part of um, that area would be, um, where is it? Durango, Colorado. There mm -hmm. is a near Durango, Colorado. There is um, a national monument where the Anasazis used to live. Mm -hmm. um, the Anasazis were a Native American tribe as well that just disappeared all of a sudden. They don't know what happened to them. Um, some people. Um, they don't they just don't know they just they just left and so they want to believe that you know um was it the environment was it the food what what was it you know um so they still have their home and dwellings um there in that national monuments um but yeah just if you go down to the reservation you know you'll see um, the livings of some some areas. Some areas are a little bit nicer than others. Mm -hmm. um, but like I said, we're still a we're a third world country in the United States. Yeah. Um, also, to learn about other tribes out there, you know, the, I know there's um, some Native American tribes um, recognized and registered near the East Coast as well. You know, you can always. Uh, either go to that part of the community or that museum and learn about them as well. Mm -hmm. um, I know another, I, I know a movie um, called Dreamkeeper. Mm -hmm. And that one, that is made by Hallmark. Um, but it's a really good movie that does storytelling of different tribes. And that that I would suggest watching that to learn a little bit more about, uh, you know, the creation story of some people mm -hmm. about how the the sky was created, you know, and um, some of the love stories of, of, you know, of each person's tribe. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I would suggest cool. those. You know, I had no idea. Can you mention the the tribe again that just like disappeared? What's the name of it? The Anasazis. Okay, I'll, I'm gonna look into that more. I I have never heard of them. I, I've I've never yeah. heard of them, but mm -hmm. I also did not know that there was a tribe that just like disappeared. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So yeah, wow. so that's interesting. Like, I try to, like I said, I try to talk to my 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 parents. My aunts and uncles and my grandparents. Um, but there was just some things that we didn't talk about, you know. Yeah. And learning about these things actually in in my college career. I mean, not my college career. In my college education, um, I've learned about these things. And I'm like, wow. Why this is amazing to learn. Yeah, history yeah. <laughs> again, you know. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So Rhonda, I have one last question for you before we can wrap up. Tell me who inspires you and why. Um, who inspires me? I would have to say, 
my family inspire me. You know, the people who I meet along the way inspire me. You being one of them, you know. Um, my grandparents, they inspire me to be, you know, the next generation, to be a stronger person, to carry on our traditional beliefs. Um, my family inspire me. They're my number one supporters, you know. There's some days that I'm like, why am I even in school? Why am I even doing this? But my husband's like, because you want, you know, a better life. You deserve a better life. My daughter always tells me, you know, this is, you have to learn in order to grow, to succeed. You know, my mom, she's always like, well, why are you talking that way? Are you tired? Go to sleep. Why are you talking that way? Are you hungry? Come over and eat before you go to class, you know? Um, <laughs> um, and just like the people who I meet along the way, you know, they always encourage me in some type of way. Hey, you're going to school. That's great. You know, keep going, keep doing it. You know, and I would say those are the ones that inspire me the most is the people who are who are on my side building me up so mm -hmm. I can be a better person, not only for me, but for my parents, for my brother, my sister, my husband, my daughter, for my nieces and my nephew. That's mm -hmm. who who inspires me the most. Mm -hmm. Well, that's beautiful. You are a very inspirational person, too. Like I said, I love your adventurous spirit. You know, you're I love the the way you like you love your family and the closeness like you guys have. Oftentimes I envy it because, you know, my family is so far away and it's so cool to see you guys like always doing something and it's been so consistent. It's like, I know this is not just like whatever I see on social media, that is not just for show. You know, that is actually who you are to the core. You know, I think that your culture is so interesting and very unique. And you really like, liked, you like, um, you really carry yourself like you're proud of who you are, you know? And of mm -hmm. course you're very driven because look, I mean, ambitious to go back to school, you know, in your um, early twenties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and go back and get your associate and now getting your bachelor's, you know, I don't have enough of that drive to do that. So, you know, I do, you know, think that's just amazing of you to do. You care for people, you know, um, and you're so much fun to be around too. I've had like some of the greatest times with you. So, um, uh, you know, I really appreciate you being part of my life and, you know, I know we don't talk very often, but I just knew like, I could not wait to get you on my show because I just think that you're just so full of like experience and information and, you know, <laughs> you're just like a very well-rounded person. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. So um, to our friends and listeners and viewers, thank you for tuning in again to another episode of Benissa's Cafe. You can listen to me and my um, uh, my guest <laughs> on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Breaker Radio. Um, you can also watch this video on and um, for more information, click on the links in the bio. Um, thank you for watching. Until next thank time. You. Bye.